0: Her and EU, a European podcast on gender equality, brought to you by the Martin Center, with Loredana Teodorescu. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this new episode of Her and EU, a podcast on gender equality and women's role in the society. I'm Loredana Teodorescu, and our special guest of today is Stefano Sannino, Secretary General of the European External Action Service. Mr. Sanino, thank you for being with us.
1: Thank you very much for inviting me.
0: Thank you. So I would like to start with a, with a personal question. Uh, you are part of a bigger effort within the European Union institutions and also the European External Action Service to promote the presence of more women in both leading and senior positions. Uh, and this is something that you are also actively encouraging. So was this aspect, the participation and leadership of women, always an important issue for you? Or was there something like, I don't know, a specific episode that raised your awareness and your engagement on the topic?
1: I think it has always been part of My uh, and culture. I mean, uh, and, uh, I don't want now to um, uh, say that I've been always uh, absolutely aware of the need uh, and the problems of the um, gender parity, gender equality, and but it is true that I think that from a certain point of view, I've never had any kind of bias uh, on uh, on uh, on this issue, and so for me, it has been quite natural uh, coming to. Uh, uh, position, of responsibility, of management, of structures to uh, include this dimension. And in a way, I have to say that it's something in which I believe very much not to have it. The agenda dimension is an afterthought. So it's something that should come naturally. Now, I understand that maybe for uh, a number of uh, other persons, for different culture or from uh, different background, uh, this can be a little bit more complicated, but uh, um, uh, let's say in a way I've been, let's say I don't know if born, but I've been certainly raised with this dimension very much present in in my life. So I've been always surrounded by a very uh, um, by an environment where women were many and men and very important. Um, so it, it has come quite naturally. But I have to say. That I'm very grateful to uh, now in my present position to uh, um, Stella Roner, our ambassador for um, gender and diversity, because she has helped me to uh, structure maybe a little bit more and to help me structuring the work on this within the uh, the organization.
0: And how this uh, sensitiveness, how this engagement, is translated into your current work? I mean, for instance, within your institution, how are you trying to promote the participation of more women? What are the challenges that you are still facing and what are the main achievements uh, so far?
1: The perspective uh, from which we had started was the uh, more the external dimension. So the um, Women, Peace and Security agenda, which was, let's say, very much part of uh, the, the work that we are doing. Yeah, also in promoting uh, um, with third countries this agenda. Then there was, uh, let's say, in the house, uh, more linked to the um, the resource management department, uh, a person that was working more on the issue of um, um, how to uh, support uh, uh, gender equality, uh, to improve the presence of women in senior management position and so on. And then uh, still, I think at a very good uh, point in saying uh, we cannot be credible uh, outside if you are not credible inside. And if you're not managing to uh, link these two dimensions, and to have a capacity to work internally, externally, with the same credibility and the same strength, and that's what we did. So we created, we merged essentially the teams under her responsibility, and let's say she's reporting directly to me. And we have been working on the two and the two sides, the internal and external. Now internally, there are, I mean. Especially in a structure which is complex, like the one of the external action service, because it is a civilian component, but there is also a military component. There are a lot of challenges. The first of all is creating an environment which is more conducive to gender equality, which means that uh, what we call gender uh, responsive leadership. So the uh, idea, uh, as I was saying before, that gender is not an afterthought, but something that comes naturally with the, when you are developing and shaping up policies, including personal policies. And from there, um, which are the kind of initiatives that could be taken in order to ensure uh, uh, gender equality in, uh, in the system first of all you need to force the system that's i think it's something that uh, we need to be aware of unfortunately it doesn't come natural huh? I and mean, naturally you get more or less to a uh, one third but if you're not forcing the system uh, uh, you cannot manage to uh, um, go up which does not mean that uh, you have to uh, let's say um, only promote women uh, against men. I think that we not need to make a sort of battle of sexes from that point of view, but thinking that and uh, uh, trying to spot, let's say, talents uh, in uh, in uh, in the house and being able to, I'll say, to create the conditions for these talents to uh, express themselves and to come to the fore uh, um, as men do. Then the second point is to help in creating the let's say the conditions for this to happen and uh, 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 how to reconcile uh, private and and, and life and work life, and it's also another important element, how to uh, work together with others in order to uh, create this condition. Then the the other important point is how to uh, help women to uh, develop these skills And so how to uh, uh, give them uh, management experience that can uh, uh, help them to grow in uh, in in their position. And there, once again, you have to force the system. Then you need to, uh, for example, we have created the position of uh, deputies to the director, which is, let's say, a purely administrative uh, position, does not give you any particular uh, advantage economically, but allows the, uh, this person to uh, have manager experience, a uh, senior management experience. And we have tried to essentially to give this uh, opportunity only to women. That's a way of, let's say, trying to uh, rebalance the uh, uh, the situation uh, internally. It is true that there is a social element that is also very important, uh, where women need to feel that they can take up responsibilities and that cannot be just be seen and perceived as in ancillary roles, uh, if I can uh, uh, if I can say so. And that's something that uh, uh, it's not an effort uh, that we can do alone. It's it's a societal effort, and there again we need to uh, be able to since I would say school give girls the sense that uh, the world belongs to them as well, not belongs only to, uh, uh, to men.
0: Of course, so thank you for highlighting how important it is to combine the external and the internal dimension. I think that this is essential and, as you said, is a really an issue of coherence and credibility in the end. Uh, but let's look also at the external dimension. Uh, you were mentioning the peace and security agenda. Uh, and some days ago, the Council of the European Union reaffirmed uh, the importance of advancing the Women, Peace, and Security agenda, uh, which remains at the heart of the European Union. So, I'm wondering, how uh, are you trying to uh, translate the commitment into concrete actions? There are specific. Do you have specific objectives or concrete initiatives that you are developing um, uh, to this aim?
1: First of all, uh, there are some sectors uh, where um, women have had traditionally uh, uh, a role less relevant. I mean, I was speaking before about the military dimension and that's, uh, for us, it's a huge challenge. And We, uh, uh, we have a number of uh, missions and operations, 18 missions and operations around the world. Uh, and this is still, a, uh, unfortunately, a uh, world which is still very male-dominated, especially in uh, the uh, um, top positions and senior management positions. So it's to, uh, to open a uh, uh, window in this area it's certainly uh, very important and uh, where a lot of works need to be uh, to be done to include, for example, and that's one of the things that we're doing uh, in an environment which is conducive to uh, including women in, in uh, our mission operation. all the work that we are doing, for example, in the fight against harassment, uh, not only sexual harassment, but also the psychological harassment. So how to uh, we can try to facilitate women uh, to uh, move to uh, these missions, uh, bringing also with them the family with them. So there is a, a, a number of implications that needs to be uh, to be taken into account. We are uh, working a lot also on the creation of a roster of mediators. Um, and then again, we are trying to include uh, more women. Uh, and then, as I was saying, uh, and I insist very much on this point, the idea of having a, a gender responsive leadership that again is considering this element as an essential element of the work that we are doing.
0: Maybe just a follow-up question on this. So according to your experience, uh, how having more women shaping our foreign and security policies could make the difference? I mean, what's the added value of a uh, female leadership?
1: I know that it's very much used this uh, this point, but it is true that women are bringing into the table a sensitivity which is different from uh, um, uh, the one of men. If I may, I mean, and that's why I mean, I'm trying to develop at the same time also an agenda on diversity, because I think that we need to take into account. Uh, and to bring in uh, the uh, experiences of different cultures, of different um, uh, points of view, of different backgrounds. This is bringing to the table a a much more richness and and also a capacity to uh, uh, look at things maybe from from different perspectives, and hence being able to uh, um, uh, look at solutions
0: Indeed, I think that now there is a probably a new or more awareness on uh, the fact that in order to face current challenges, we also need to think differently and to promote uh, creative solutions and going beyond business as usual. And of course, including more women uh, is, part, is part of that. Um, and maybe a last point that we didn't touch upon, uh, which is mainstreaming. I mean, promoting gender equality. Uh, is also integrating a gender perspective in our policies and external action. Um, and how are you doing that? Especially looking at the current big challenges such as uh, climate change or human mobility, for instance.
1: The, the real effort is to uh, to change the mentality. That's why I mean I'm I'm saying that we can do one part of the work, but it must be a societal effort. Because uh, otherwise we will always come up with our uh, stereotypes, with our mentality, and it is much more difficult to, uh, um, um, to do this. We are doing uh, we are working a lot, for example, with a number of uh, foundations in order to uh, create and then support uh, what I was saying, the um, responsive gender responsive leadership within the, uh, uh, the External Action Service. We are trying, for example, to include also the uh, gender dimension. Uh, um, uh, to um, we, we have the mission letters to all our ambassadors in the world, so that they uh, say that you can do a number of things that are trying to uh, uh, lay the foundations um, to, uh, to do this. But I insist on the point of the mentality because Only if you manage to uh, uh, change the mentality, then you can produce a real change in the structures. Um, Otherwise, it will be always a sort of um, um, the last moment thing is, oh, i had forgotten to take into account the the, the gender element. And it's very banal. I mean, uh, uh, once you have it, you spot immediately the problems. But for example, the idea of not having panels without uh, women on the panel. And this is something that if you are, uh, uh, again, let's say if it comes naturally, you are naturally, when you are thinking about possible panelists, you think also to women panelists. And the same story goes when you are no interviews for the appointment of ambassadors. There too, I mean, uh, uh, when you st- when you establish the list of people that have to be interviewed, then you realize that uh, if uh, no, that sometimes there is no woman that has been uh, uh, preselected for this, and that's the thing that we need to uh, to avoid. Then, unfortunately, there are moments when there are no women that are uh, presenting their candidature for uh, certain positions. And this is, uh, uh, I think, a failure of the system as a whole because it means that we have not managed to uh, go and spot the necessary talent to, uh, uh, to do this work. And that's, I think it's the next step that we need to go through, going and trying to find the, the, uh, the talents when they are and bringing them in.
0: Thank you. And uh, of course, I agree with you. Uh, everything goes back to to culture, to mindset, to mentality. Uh, before concluding, one last personal question, which is something that I always ask my guests because uh, I truly believe in mentoring and in people supporting each other. So was there a person who inspired you throughout your life or that you consider to be a mentor?
1: There is, a, in, uh, uh, yes, I mean, I, I, I don't know if a mentor, but certainly a source of inspiration. Eh? When uh, I was posted in uh, uh, Belgrade back in 1993, uh, uh, it was a very difficult period, sanctions, isolation, and all the rest, there was a, a fantastic person who was in charge of the um, uh, Open Society uh, uh, Foundation in uh, Belgrade. and. Uh, She managed to uh, finance essentially all the um, opposition um, uh, structures uh, from um, NGOs to independent media, to uh, uh, hospitals, Uh, and uh, it's a fantastic person, Sonia Lee. I think that she was extremely inspiring because uh, she had a very clear vision of what she wanted to achieve. But also the uh, um, I would say, the capacity to uh, uh, be extremely inclusive in uh, uh, the way she was approaching, uh, in this case this difficult period and this difficult situation that uh, um, there was in, in, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in Serbia and Belgrade at the time, without being judgmental, but at the same time still remaining very true to her uh, uh, convictions and her ideas. And and maybe uh, uh, she has been a source of inspiration uh, uh, professionally, but also a person that has marked my idea of how you could uh, intervene. uh, uh, I don't know if I can call it mediation, but you could uh, contribute to a, a the constructive solution in a, a difficult moment. I'd say it's very telling of what you were saying before, what a woman can bring to a, a, a difficult situation, the kind of sensitivity that can introduce. And that I have to say, I don't think that many other men would have had. Um, has, she has done a fantastic work, and uh, she has paid enormous service to her country.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Sanino, once again, for your time and for this open conversation. And uh, thank you to the Martin Center for making this podcast possible. And thank you all for listening. We will be back soon with a new episode. So stay, stay tuned. Thank you. That was today's episode of Her and EU. Subscribe to our podcast for more.